hello, White Sox fans. How you guys doing tonight? Happy Monday night. And uh, we got a 3-2 White Sox lead, so that makes the night better. My name is Ian Eskridge, and thank you for tuning in to White Sox Daily Live. I'm here with my co-host, Danny Miller. How you doing, Danny? Well, doing better now that uh, the White Sox have a lead over the uh, team that everybody's been talking about facing this week, the uh, Oakland Athletics, who we... Uh, saw a swift and assertive exit from the uh, playoffs last season. So happy about that for the moment. Yeah. Uh, his, uh, that Montas splitter has been pretty, pretty nasty tonight. So, you know, I mean, uh, seeing lots of, uh, ugly, ugly swings, which, um, you know, <laughs> judging by the way the White Sox have been hitting for, uh, I don't know, last, uh, two months or so. Um, Thanks for the follow, Dario Fnetto. Uh Yeah, so okay. I mean, you, you, I mean, you've seen the, uh, you've seen the at bats. You know, you've seen the uh, the ugly, the ugliness, the inconsistency with this offense, and it. Uh, you know, I mean, other than a game here and there, like that's pretty much what we've been looking at for the last, I don't know, like two months now. I mean. <laughs> crying out loud about two and a half months i mean like since the beginning of june everything's been uh everything's been pretty hot or cold you know there's like pretty much no in in between you know it's either three or less runs or 10 or more runs so uh tonight they're up three two and um you know <laughs> yeah uh White Sox daily live stream on Twitch here is uh, starting to sound like a broken record when it comes to the White Sox offense. Uh, we've been saying it for a while now where it just seems, you know, you'll get a game where they explode for 10 runs, eight runs, and then uh, the bats go dormant for a few days. So uh, I'll take a lead at any point right now, uh, especially getting into the uh, latter half of the game here. So. Let's just uh, keep our fingers crossed with Michael Kopech coming in the game now to uh, shut down at least the next inning here. Yeah, let's hope. I mean, uh, you know, he had, uh, you know, I mean, I know you watched the Field of Dreams game. Uh, he came in in the first inning, you know, super nasty, and then he kind of kind of ran into some uh, disagreements with the umpire, uh, which were very valid, uh, judging by, uh, I don't know, pretty much – my eyes, stat cast, I mean, from everything. I mean, that umpire blew some pretty pretty bad calls on Kopech, and then he did it against Kimbrell as well. And, uh, you know, uh, let's let's hope that uh, that right now he looks like, looks like he's got his uh, command, he, you know, 99 down uh, right on the black, so I'll take it, you know. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so uh, it's been a... It's been a rough, a rough last couple of weeks. You know, you're in the in a, in a chat that uh, you know some of the uh, some White Sox fans. You know, guy that works for uh, Future Sox and some other guys. And um, you know, I, I said this yesterday. You know, we're 14 and 14. You know, before tonight, uh, we're 14 and 14 since the uh, since the All Star break, but. It really doesn't feel like it, you know. Um, it sure doesn't. It sure doesn't. Yeah. And uh, you know, another thing that we've been talking about here is that uh, it's unfortunate, but 
the Cubs are, or since the Cubs series, it seems like all the uh, all the White Sox are doing is uh, bum slaying. Uh, we can't beat a a team with a with a decent record. You know, I, I should say, even going back to the Houston series, Houston was probably the last decent team that the White Sox have uh, taken a series from here. Uh, and it's been tough to lose some series uh, in the division as well. So, uh, yeah, it doesn't feel like they're fourteen and fourteen since the All Star break. It's it's been a bit of a rough road. So, uh, I don't even know what to say at the moment, to be honest with you, without uh, repeating myself over and over again. Yeah, it's also one of those things, you know. Like, yeah, you know, we don't want to sit here and be negative the entire time. You know, I mean, what uh, what fun is that to listen to? You know, just two, two guys sitting here. <laughs> you know, complaining for a couple hours, but, uh, yeah, no, it's been, uh, really inconsistent, you know, I mean, it's, uh, you know, you get your relievers that have been spot on a lot of the time, you know, 85, 90% of the time, but then, you know, it seems like there's always one guy who's at his, you know, 10 to 15% time, you know, for these, uh, I'd say for probably about half of the games that they've lost, you know, have been really, really close games. And that's that I'd say that's one thing that we're very fortunate with this year is that there there haven't been a whole lot of blowouts. So I, I'd say that that is a that's definitely a positive, you know. But um, right, you know, they say those you take those uh, those one run, two run games, and uh, it really it, it that could be one of those things where you look at it on and across the the length of a full season and those games could have gone either way. So, you know, maybe you get the team that goes the wrong way one year and instead of being, you know, 92 win game win team, they're a 72 win team because they couldn't win those one or two run games. Uh, fortunately for the white Sox, they are well above 500 at the moment. Uh, they have had their struggles, but, uh, you know, we can talk about good teams and bad teams all we want and what they're doing against them, but uh, they do have a bit of a cushion. And uh, hopefully these uh, close games kind of figure themselves out in the uh, the right direction for the White Sox here. Yeah. I mean, you know, we brought it up, uh, you know, as far as like uh, Hendricks goes. You know, that's like been one of those things that people have been uh, ready to jump off a ledge about over the last four days, you know, with the, uh, field of dreams game. And then, uh, another blown lead the other night. And, um, it's just kind of one of those things, you know, like we, we brought up when we signed him, you know, exit velocity, uh, in excess of 90, you know, I think it was somewhere right around 95 miles an hour, average exit velocity and like a 23 degree average launch angle. And it's like at guaranteed rate, and against some of these uh, some of these other teams that we play in, you know, I mean, like with Judge, you know, I don't if Liam can't get a slider over the plate, or at least make it enticing so it's mostly over the plate and then darts out of the way, um, you know, he's a fastball only pitcher, and Aaron Judge he likes fastballs, so. You know, I, that added up to a uh, a great deal of uh, failure over uh, the last yeah. you know, last series, and you know there comes a point when you got to say, okay, my best stuff isn't working. Maybe I'm not gonna pitch 
to uh, one of the most prolific power hitters of the last couple of seasons when he's healthy. You know, uh, granted, he has had his health issues, but uh, maybe we just kind of keep the ball away from the, uh, oh, I don't know, middle, middle part of the plates and not let this guy hit balls, you know, 480 feet into the corn, you know, in the top of the ninth inning or, you know, I, I don't know, just a thought. But, uh, yeah, uh, you, like you said, you and I talked about it a lot early on when uh, the Sox acquired Liam Hendricks. Is he a bad pitcher? Is he a bad closer? Absolutely not. He is still one of the best, if not the best in the game at the moment. You know, and we can talk about last year versus this year all we want to, but uh, we did kind of suspect that with, num- with the numbers the way they are, the ball was going to leave the yard some when he pitches. Plain and simple. Uh, and uh, that's going to go for anybody that throws as hard as he does. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, you just got to keep that slider working. Yeah. And, you know, this is another thing that we brought up, you know, I don't know, probably in May, I want to say, is that, uh, you know, when Liam isn't pitching often, he loses the feel for that slider and it doesn't have the same snap. And Bingo. when it does have the snap, if he can't throw it, you know, on the uh, left side of the plate, so it darts out, it's just gonna, it's gonna be ugly, or nobody's gonna swing at it, you know. And um, yeah, that seems to be what's going on right now. You know, he didn't pitch, I don't know, for six days or something before Field of Dreams, so you know he was out of, you know, out of whack, you know, out of practice, if you will, you know, despite. I'm sure he's probably throwing bullpens and whatever, but, uh, you know, that extra adrenaline gets going and, you know, who knows what, you, you know, who knows what you're going to get. So, uh, thank you for the follow for gathers. Appreciate it. Um, yeah. So, uh, Ethan Katz coming out to, uh, see Copac right now. Just walked, walked somebody at two outs. Um, not ideal, but, uh, you know, at least it, at least there's two outs. Then when he's walking a guy and not zero outs, you know, with those leadoff walks, never like to see that. You know, he came back into the Field of Dreams game and walked the first guy he saw in his last, you know, the last guy he pitched to. So, you know, to open up an inning. So that wasn't uh, wasn't great either. And, you know, another thing, people are talking about, you know, oh, we should start using Kimbrel instead of Hendricks. And my point is, is, well, he gave up a, you know, what was that, a three-run, he gave up a three-run shot against the Cubs. And then he, uh, uh, hello, all the way from Brazil. Nice. Um, yeah, so uh, hey. I I don't see that you're going to, you know, you're going to get really, you know, Kimbrel's great. You know, don't get me wrong. Like, I never in a million years did I think we were going to get Kimbrel from the Cubs at the trade deadline. So I'm stoked about that. You know, the only, the only thing I see is that, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I don't, uh, you know, I don't know if we necessarily need to worry about swapping them out yet. I think the, the most important thing is getting both of those guys enough work. And both of those guys are professional pitchers. And Liam Hendricks has said it. Uh, Kimbrell said it, you know, that they don't care where they pitch. They're there to win. And both of those guys are just looking for one thing. They're looking for a ring, you know. So Absolutely. Uh, real quickly, I got to have to apologize to our viewers right now. Uh, you guys might see me look away from the uh, camera here. 
And that is because we are in the top of the sixth inning as we broadcast here uh, of the White Sox versus Oakland game. So uh, I am watching on the big screen in the house as uh, Michael Kopech does find his way out of the inning. So uh, my apologies. It's not that I'm not paying attention. Uh, I am listening wholeheartedly to my uh, partner, Ian, and I am trying to pay attention to uh, all your questions and stuff in chat. So just want to get that out of the way right now. And, uh, you know, maybe we can uh, pay attention to both and uh, I can uh, make some commentary on the game as well. You, you never know. We'll see. Won't promise it'll all be any good, but, uh, <laughs> you know, we'll uh, we'll do our best here. Yeah, so uh, got a four-game set here against the A's. Um, opened up by Keuchel. Keuchel ends up going five. And uh, he got through the uh, through the first inning, gave up uh, three in the what was it three in the second? I think um, three, two, two, two in the second, two in the second, yeah, two in the second. And uh, same, you know, we're seeing this from Keuchel. Hey, Keuchel Keuchel's all over the game, man. Be Keuchel yeah, all over himself. Been pretty uh, pretty consistent, you know. You've got. Um, Walks more walks than you're accustomed to seeing. Um, location and the hasn't beach been ball down the middle. <laughs> the beach ball down the middle kills them all the time. Yeah, and you know it's like even when uh, you know even when he's throwing halfway decent pitches, you know they're still in the middle of the plate, so they're they're not getting anybody out. You know, there's he's still the guy's still hitting a single off of him. So you know it's uh. He's lucky he's got a really, really high ground ball rate. That's that's all I'm going to say. Um, because uh, far too many far too many pitches leaving the yard for old Dallas so far this year. Actually, I guess not so far this year, but, you know, the last month and a half. Um, he has, like, uh, I think he's got probably – I think he's averaging, like, one – one point like two home runs per start over the last like uh two months or something like that. So not ideal. Um let's hope his plan of ramping up throughout the year instead of ramping up for the beginning of the year pays off. The only thing I can say is that it seemed to me that he started off the season fairly fairly decent. And seems like he kind of took like a, a backslide. And, I will uh, agree with that. Yeah, and if he's if he's ramping up for the end of the season, why is he taking a backslide now instead of not ramping? I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I try not to try to make sense of things that don't sound like they make any sense to me. Uh, uh, I don't know, man. People are going to say what they want to say. Uh, folks are going to make excuses. The stands are going to tell us that uh, we don't know how to fan because we're complaining about a, a team that is uh, first in division and winning baseball games. And, you know, that it that. OK. Yes, I love the fact that the White Sox are in first place. I love the fact that they are leaps and bounds better than they have over the last, you know, four or five years. I'm happy about all those things. What I am not happy about is uh the consistency 
the level of consistency. And the folks that want to tell me that this is a championship team, that's the one thing I will point out to you. The championship teams are really consistent. Day in and day out, they put the same product on the field and they perform. And of course, those teams are going to have their moments of not performing. But when you get an entire baseball team that doesn't perform for two to three to four games straight, that's the problem I have right now. That's the issue I have with the White Sox, where they just don't play consistent baseball. And uh, yeah, I'm not afraid and I'm not ashamed to say that some of that scares me a little bit. And until they put something together and they put a good streak together against good teams, I'm not going to probably lose those feelings. They're not going to go away. What do you think, Ian? Yeah, I uh, I agree with that. You know, it's kind of, I, I in, a, in another chat that I'm in, like kind of the way I put it was I, I have, you know, I'm not, uh, I try not to be negative, you know, over and overly negative. I don't want to be one of those uh, crazy people um, that uh, you see on Twitter and you just, you know, shake your head and go, what is wrong with that guy? I try not to be that guy. Um, I try and be a little bit more level-headed than that. But, uh, you know, it, it, the opposite is true is that I, I try not to get too hyped on stuff. And especially with the inconsistency that, that we've seen for the last two and a half months, um, I just, I can't, I can't be hurt like that. You know, I can't let myself get hurt, you know, like I got, I got to remain sort of guarded here. You know what I'm saying? It's just, um, well, it's like, you know, cautiously optimistic. How about that? Yeah, there you go. Uh, it's like, uh, getting back together with the ex-girlfriend that has, uh, beaten you up so many times and you just want to give her another chance, but there's still that party that just doesn't trust. And, uh, you know, the White Sox have done that to me emotionally. We have had some good teams throughout my lifetime that just can't seem to apex the top. And, uh, you know, 2008 was a, a good example of that a few years back. And I know I'm, I'm going back a little bit away and I'm I'm living in the past, you know, as some of those uh, Northside fans would tell me. But, uh, you know, the emotional attachment that a sports fan has, a diehard fan has kind of feels that way it feels like a relationship and when uh when you get your heart broken so many times you remain a little guarded yeah i i think they i believe that they call that the uh battered white Sox fan syndrome <laughs> um so uh dario's asking uh what do we think of dallas keichel giving away too many home runs yeah we talked about this uh i mean you know you're you're new here you know for this week <laughs> Um, we talked about this actually last week is, uh, and maybe even the week before. Who knows? Um, oh, it's possible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so in 2018, um, when Keuchel's last season with the Astros, um, part of the reason why he fell out of favor with the Astros is because he was giving up a lot of home runs, and he's doing the exact same thing now that he was doing then, which is he's leaving his pitches over the heart of the – like thigh high right over the heart of the plate. And uh, – He's doing the exact same thing this year, and it's uh, until he uh, until he starts getting his command back and uh, starts dotting the zone and actually, you know, the the cutters going away from the hitter or into the hitter rather than you know into the middle of the zone, then uh, then he'll be all right. Uh, let's, let's hope that uh, that he does find 
his way back to, you know, uh, his last year uh, pre-back injury um, self. That would be nice. Um, Luis just get pegged there? I don't believe they called him out, but I believe after watching the review and seeing the bag move before the tag was applied. That's really close. I do Um, believe that there is refutable evidence that will make him safe. Wait till you. I know you're probably a few seconds behind me here. Yeah, yeah, no, he was just barely. Holy cow. That's yeah. We'll see. He was just barely uh, safe, but we'll see how uh, New York plays it out because there's been a few times. Yeah, we're relying on New York, and that's an issue. Let's just, um, let's just say that uh, when uh, the whole world is going, oh, yeah, he's safe. New York's like, nope, out. It's too close to call. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm. Oh, yeah, there's no refutable evidence. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, uh, Dario also says, uh, or actually uh, Sox Bob says that uh, he loves not letting Dallas start the sixth. And that goes to another thing that we were talking about uh, in previous uh, previous episodes that, you know, the third time through the order, it always seems to get really ugly for him. You know, he's got that uh, Jake Peavy thing going on where, you know, he makes it through the first two times through the order and he'll give up a few runs. But if you let him go through the third time, then the game's going to get out of reach more than likely. Yeah, yeah, agreed. So, sounds yeah. like that uh, Dario also confirms that in Brazil uh, they feel that way. So it sounds like it's a collective uh, worldwide Sox fan uh, feeling. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so um, going back wow, to the, one of the uh, longest replays I think I've seen in in a while. Uh, yeah, what are they doing? I mean, this I is, honestly I, don't know. I feel like that one camera angle pretty show, it showed it pretty well, where you can see the bag flex. Yeah, the, I think that New York's bag trying has not to been figure out a way to say that he's out. That's what it is. Is that New York's trying to come up with the best way to say that he's out? And the crazy um, thing is, is, you know, we hear about this all the time that New York has camera angles that the rest of us don't get to see live during a baseball game. And the only question I have is why? Why is it so secretive? What are we missing out on here? Uh, I think that's you know, what I've heard people. I don't think it's true. <laughs> I think the, I, yeah. That. You know, and, and why do they need extra camera angles when I can see clearly that, uh, you know, there's a call that can be made. Yeah. And uh, yet they will say there's irrefutable evidence with extra camera angles. Yeah. Mind boggling. Um, now, I know that you, uh, for those of you that do not know, uh, Danny Miller's a race car driver. And uh, yesterday, uh, Danny was out racing. So Let's I think that this. you uh, you missed. Uh, oh, look at that. Nice. 24 hours of lemons racing series. Oof. Thank you very much. Much yeah, like so, the, uh, 24 hours of Le Mans, except uh, in crap can cars. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's 24 hours of Le Mans. Le Mans. It's, it's, yeah, it's lemons. It's lemons. No doubt. We are driving $500 cars. And then I say $500 cars because there's not a $500 car on that. Are you driving a Lincoln or something? I am driving a 1996 Lincoln Mark 8 that was nice. bought for $300, but there's a whole heck of a lot more money that's been dropped into it since. So, and yeah. uh, 
we are not dominating by any means. Uh, we run well in our class, but uh, we are in the lowest class. And, uh, you know, it is what it is, but it's a good time. I go out there and I drive the hell out of a car with four other drivers over the course of a weekend for about 16 to 17 hours. And we beat the crap out of that old 96 Lincoln. So, hey, they good gave times are had by all. I'll take it. They gave him the stolen. It's about base. time they got one right. Yeah, that was oof. That took that took entirely too long. Entirely too long. And Goodwin does his job and moves him over to third. So I'll take that as well. I mean, granted, I would prefer a base hit, but I'll take him moving him over, and just doing uh, the proper thing that uh, a hitter should do in this uh, in this case is if you're not going to get a a hit, at least advance the runner. So I'll take it. Um. Yeah, so uh, going back, I know that you didn't see on uh, on Sunday. You did not see the uh, the Tim Anderson play. Uh, Tim Anderson called out on a uh, on a double play ball, and uh, I don't know if you saw today on Twitter. You know, Tony Larusa admitted that it was his fault that he should have challenged the play. And it was in the seventh inning. You know, I'm I was sitting here at the house going, "It's the seventh inning. Now we're going to the eighth. You can't challenge any eighth on. So literally, you lose absolutely nothing by challenging it. If there's even the smallest bit of doubt. And the thing was is that the throw did beat did beat T A there, but uh, the first baseman uh, Voit, I think it was Voit, uh, his foot wasn't on the bag. So uh, he was definitely safe, and uh, they didn't challenge, and, uh, you know, they weren't allowed to uh, extend the inning. Look at that, Sebi Zavala with a sacrifice bunt. Take it. A sacrifice bunt. I will take it. Uh, You know, it's uh, reminiscent of uh, Mr. Ricky Renteria, but, uh, (laughs) you know, oh, Tim Anderson, did he just get underneath it? He did. Fell about three feet short of the 400 in center field. Sorry. Um, I know I'm jumping a gun for some nah, of you yeah, guys. It's all good. Um, yeah, so anyway, I mean, like this is uh, seems to be an ongoing trend with the, uh, the White Sox and replays is that for whatever reason, they can't seem to figure out a system for when a play should be challenged and when it shouldn't. And uh, that's kind of concerning. You know, I, I, to me, it seems like, uh, you know, we've, we've gone over this, uh, you oh. know, that, uh, Oh, where'd you go? Um, I'm back. Hey, uh, you know, we've <laughs> talked about this before that we don't want to, uh, you know, sit here and beat on TLR because, you know, it gets to be a bit much, but uh, it's kind of one of those things where I, I'm starting to wonder, like, Who's you know? Obviously, you've got Cairo in there. You got Cats in there. You've got uh, Shelly Duncan. You've got uh, a bunch of guys that are supposed to be uh, taking care of this kind of stuff. And it just makes me wonder, like, whose whose responsibility is this, and uh, why does it continue to be a problem? Well, the thing is, is is everybody on that bench waiting from a call from the replay guy, the replay guys upstairs? You've got 20 seconds to make that call with the new rule uh, instated a couple of years. What was it last year? Uh, either way, I don't know. Yeah, it was don't just, remember. it was, 
in the last year, maybe this year, last year, whatever, the new rule that uh, you got to make the call to make the replay or or challenge uh, within 20 seconds of the uh, the call in the field. And uh, it just seems like there are times when there should be no reason why you aren't like we talked about. You know, it's it's the, the, the seventh inning and you can't take that challenge with you anymore. What are these guys waiting for? Are, they, are you waiting for somebody to make that call for you? Somebody's got to get up and say something. Yeah, it's I don't, not just uh, PLR. The, it does. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, you know, obviously he's going to take the uh, he's going to take the hit on that. You know, because that's that's the kind of thing that he does. Um, but at the same time, I I'm not, and, and this has been like kind of my whole thing about the. You know, one of the things that the uh, the TLR people, you know, either I mean, there there are anti TLR people, and then there are TLR people, and then there are people in the middle, and I'm kind of in the middle. Um, the the pro TLR fans, um, you know, like one of the biggest things I've heard is that uh, you know at least he takes responsibility for for things, and my was he. Well, I mean, you know, my whole thought on the thing is, is that, okay, well, I don't really care. Like, I, I, I don't care about the pointing fingers aspect of it. Like, my main thing is, is let's get it right next time. And why, why does this continue to be a problem, you know, three and a half months into the season? Well, I guess that's my point when I asked, does he? Because it's, you know, after the fact. And uh, after the fact, it's a little too late. You know? Yeah, that's I'll another leave thing. it at that. Yeah, I mean, he's once... taking responsibility, but uh, when it's over, it's over, and the game is lost, and you can't get that win back. And uh, when you have those moments that could be deciding moments in a game, you know, you can take responsibility all you want, but when the team loses, they lose, and that's the end of it. So, yeah, that's yeah, that's I mean, that's exactly it. Is that afterwards, you know, like I said, I don't care who takes the blame. You know, I mean, it could be Miguel Cairo goes, "Hey, it's my fault." Sorry guys, you know. Okay, cool. I'm I'm glad you're taking you know credit for the stupid decision made, but at the same time, you know, how are you guys going to fix it? I mean, it, like we're literally going on three and a half months now where this has been an issue. It seems like a fairly simple thing, you know. Like the guy upstairs looks at it and goes, "Yeah, that looks questionable." I mean, it literally takes what five seconds, you know. If I can sit here and do it at home and rewind something back 30 seconds, you know, and look at something really quick. I don't see any reason why it should be any different there. And it's like, you know, like I said, it's the bottom of the seventh inning. What are you keeping it for? What are you going to do? You can't do anything with it after he's called out right there. That's it. Inning over. So your challenge is now gone. So what's the, what's really the point in not challenging it? If it even seems like it's even remotely questionable, with three outs in the seventh, that being the third out, it would make sense that you would just say, "I know it's close enough. Let's go ahead and challenge it because we we do we lose it after this." So, you know, what's the point in keeping it? But uh, you know, so uh, oh, look at that! Oh, look at that! Hey, thanks for the gifted, Danny Miller. WSB. Yeah, it, it, you nice know, that's you. crazy. Uh, I probably shouldn't even say this on the channel, but uh, my wife is watching uh, from Indianapolis. 
on a uh, a work uh, trip, and uh, you know, I'm just gonna say it right now. Twitch does this randomly. I have no control over who I give subs to. Oh, that it was one just ran- happened to go to my wife. That was that was a thanks, a, Twitch. A rando gifted. Very nice. Uh, yeah, we uh, I we had some new viewers in tonight. I was kind of hoping maybe we could get somebody hooked, and uh, instead we hooked a wife. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Twitch. Um, yeah. So uh, Dario's asking uh, when Grendel's coming back. Um, so from uh, what some, I mean, granted, I don't know this guy personally, so I'm not going to vouch for him. But I did hear that uh, that he is going to be making his way to Charlotte sometime this week. Um, he's been in Birmingham for the last uh, week. Um, he had a decent offensive week. Uh, I think the last game he played yesterday, I think he was 0 for 3 with three strikeouts, so that's not exactly the what you want to hear. But uh, he, has, uh, he has walked a couple of times. He's had some singles in uh, key spots, a couple of RBIs. He's been he's been pretty decent. It looks like uh, it looks like Grandel. I guess I guess that's the way I can put it is that it looks like Grandel. Um, he had his uh, quick surgery on his knee, and uh, from what he says is that it does not affect his catching and his ability to squat down to catch. He said it does, however, affect his uh, his already breakneck speed. So um, don't look for Yas to uh, be stealing any bags when he comes back. You know. Yeah, um, fastest man in, in, <laughs> in uh, catcher's gear. Yeah. He looks like he's running with the catcher's gear on when he doesn't have it on. Uh, yeah, it's whew, that's bad. Uh, I just want to say uh, I'm sorry to Dario. I apologize. Uh, I would have loved for you to get that gift. But uh, I have been known to gift a sub every now and again. So keep coming back week after week, and uh, maybe one of these days you'll be lucky enough to win one. Yeah, actually, that's another Final thing that we need we need to work out. We need to figure out the uh, the emotes situation. And uh, uh, we've been talking about this for a couple weeks now. Uh, we are we are Twitch affiliates now. Uh, we have gotten the hours and the followers and the subs to. Uh, Start doing our own emotes, and uh, hopefully we will continue to get more and more subs so we can get more and more emotes. But we got to start with the ones we've uh, been granted so far, and we yeah. haven't done that yet. Yeah, we got to figure and out. I have the, challenged. Uh, got to figure that out. I have challenged the channel uh, multiple times to come up with something good. Uh, so for all our new followers and our new listeners out there tonight, uh, you guys got some homework to do tonight or for the rest of the week. Uh, figure out what kind of emotes you'd like to see here on uh, White Sox Daily Live Twitch, and uh, give us your uh, give us your best ideas next week. Oh, you got a podcast in Brazil, huh? That's awesome. You guys had uh, Andre Rienzo on the uh, podcast. If not, that seems like it would be a uh, a no brainer right there. Have our uh, I think he was the first guy from Brazil drafted or uh, signed. Uh, First, first Brazilian-born pitcher in the majors. Does that sound right, Andre Rienzo? I'm sure I'll be corrected here in a second when uh, you hear that. But uh, yeah, we did. We've had our give Dario's fingers enough time to get the type in there. I'm sure he'll uh, let us know. 
Yeah. So, uh, Giolito, hundred pitches. Uh, through four innings, struck out eight. Ooh. Yeah, gives up three runs, two runs earned. Um, that's not what you were looking for. I mean, it wasn't. How about this? It wasn't terrible. You know, I'll take the eight Ks. Yeah, that's, no, that's yeah, nice. Sure. That. I yeah, mean, if we want to, if we want to go down the road of stats, if we want to, you know, we want to cherry pick the good ones. I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. The only issue is that uh, you know, again, it's in uh, four innings. So there's the issue. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if he pitches, uh, there, there it is. Oh, so Rienzo's going to be on their podcast next week. That's awesome. And he was the first Brazilian guy to start a game in MLB. That's what I thought. All right, cool. All right. Um, yeah. So I mean. If he pitches eight, it's 16 Ks. So that's good, right? And, I mean, he only gave up uh, two earned runs in those four innings. So, I mean, you know. uh, Yeah, defense doesn't, uh, you know, bad defense doesn't help. Yeah, no. Three Uh, errors yesterday for Cesar Hernandez. That is, that's ugly. Um, That's like. uh, uh, the umpires have been some of the worst I've seen over the last four games, maybe ever in my life. Uh, you yeah. know, we've been talking about this a little bit this year too. Uh, you know, we, uh, both of us and some of our other followers and listeners here follow, uh, the, uh, umpire sport, uh, scorecards on Twitter. And, uh, we've been, uh, we've been discussing that as well too. And you can see the data right as plain as day in front of your face that the white Sox generally do not get anything gifted at all from the umpires. It's, uh, it's been an ongoing thing for quite some time now. Yeah. I got, you know, I, I'm not exactly sure. I know that there is a, uh, there is a place where you can look up uh, cumulative totals from uh, ump scorecards. I know that there's there is a place where that is possible. I have not looked to find out where it is yet, but I did see somebody post from their site uh, a couple of stats, and um, things were not good for the White Sox as far as uh, you know cumulative totals for the year. Um, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I it was not good. That that much I remember, and it, it, it I mean it's one of those things, you know. It's uh the uh, the non stat people. The thing they say is that I watch the games with my eyes. I don't need to look at stats. Um, with with this, it's actually uh, it's actually valid because you can even tell with your eyes that these umpires are jobbing the socks all the time, and. Uh, you know, from I know I know that if I go look at it and try and find it, that uh, the socks are going to be at the the uh, bottom of the barrel when it comes to this stuff. So, oh, uh, well, there's a gift. Did he just keep hit your him? eyes peeled? No, okay. No, now you got another pitch or two to come up here. You'll see the gift <sighs> that I'm talking about. It did oh, not yes. come from the umpires. I will All say right. that much. Yeah, I keep on. See, that's the problem is I start uh, start looking at uh, at clips, and then uh, that gets me in trouble because then I get behind. Uh, yeah. 
The good thing, though, is that uh, Monday's down. Oh, yeah, look at that. That's a terrible throw. I'll take it. You know, I mean, it's nice terrible to throw, see. Terrible scoop. Yeah, it's nice. I got to say, it's nice to see other teams making these mistakes and not just only the White Sox. And uh, what's great is that it was from a guy whose last name is Machine. So that just makes it all that much better. So, you know, all of these guys are human. They all make mistakes. And uh, this is for you fans out there to complain about, uh, you know, Tim Anderson can kick a ball around every now and again, or, you know, whoever else you want to talk about. Yoan Moncada having uh, a pretty awesome year. And then he has a week where he's just kind of down and, you know, has a few issues. Let's uh, just take a deep breath. And remember that their error, you know, nobody, no, nobody that starts 140, 150 games a season goes without an error. It happens. They're human. You know, move on. Yeah, that's that's exactly. And that's just, my two cents. Just, just move on. <laughs> uh, so Saturday, um, Dylan C start again. Uh, five innings pitched. So. Again, you know, starter only going five innings. That's been something that's been happening uh, quite a bit more often as of late. I mean, Cease is, you know, he's had a couple where he's gone pretty deep into games, but for the most part, he's one of those guys that uh, struggles with his control a la Carlos Rodon 2017-18, uh, you know, where he was – striking out 10 guys and he'd give up a couple of runs, but he'd only pitch five innings. He'd be at like 110 pitches in the fifth inning. And uh, Cease has uh, been doing that uh, same kind of thing, 103 pitches, 62 for strikes. Uh, so, you know, right about 60% strike rate and uh, gives up three runs, all earned, uh, home run. Uh, now the issue comes is uh, – you know, Hendricks giving up another home run and uh, giving up three runs. Not uh, not ideal. So, uh, yeah, you know, Matt Matt Foster walked a guy. Also, has you know, he did not pitch. Uh, he gave up a two-run home run yesterday, um, and now he's gone. Option back to Charlotte. You know, that's, that's a... a- I'm glad you brought that up because that's one of the questions that I have for uh, the White Sox coaching staff. I won't name one coach or any coach in particular, but uh, why are we bringing guys into uh, close games that uh, really probably shouldn't be pitching in a, in a close game? And, uh, you know, the Sox are down maybe two or three runs and this guy goes out and gives up two runs. And then the Sox score three, and you got those you got you got those three runs that you were down back, and you couldn't have possibly scored more. But instead, you had to bring in a guy who's been struggling a little bit lately, a lot lately, I should say. Yeah, <laughs> <All year. laughs> and uh, you know, you had some other guys that were independent were rested. Well, they haven't been I used. Mean... See, that's the thing is that, you know, because, and again, this is, yes, they're, they are rested sort of to the, to the point that they've, uh, you know, they haven't pitched a ton in the last week per se, 
But uh, over the last couple of days, you know, Crochet's pitched a couple of times. Uh, Kopech's pitched a couple of times. Kimbrell's pitched a couple of times. Hendricks has pitched a couple of times. Ruiz has pitched a couple of times. And, you know, at some point, you know, it just it boils down to who is going to finally take the ball and start running. You know what I'm saying? It, it it's it seems like this year that there's been a lot of uh you know, just a, a lot of inconsistency with the with the bullpen and you know, we we have uh you know, we had Hendricks going for a while where he was starting to be pretty good and then you know all-star break happens comes back you know he's getting a couple days off here a couple days off there starts giving up a couple more home runs the weather starts heating up at at the grate you know and uh you know the ball starts flying a little bit more and then he has another six days off and then he pitches in Iowa in the middle of a cornfield and uh the ball's just flying all over the place and gives up a home run comes back here gives up a home run you know it's uh i don't well, know man you know, it's... Uh, correct me if i'm wrong but doesn't liam Hendricks have uh a ton of innings pitched over the last few years as even a closer and uh a, a back end reliever isn't this the guy that you kind of want to uh give the ball to more than oh i don't know once a week yeah Regardless he wants the ball too that's the winning. thing is that he wants to pitch a lot so. uh he's conditioned himself to be able to do that as well he has had more uh two inning saves or i should say more uh three plus out saves in the last few years than any other pitcher uh the guys that workhorse and uh, if he doesn't get used, he seems to kind of, you know, just lose the feel. And uh, yeah. it just makes you wonder why he – we've seen what happened with him early in the season when he wasn't being used, and this was the issue he had. And right after we talked about it, it seemed like – I mean, it was almost like Tony LaRussa and company were listening to us because it was within a day or two after we talked about it that uh, he, he all of a sudden got usage. It was like every day, every other day, it seemed like. And he was on, and he was on fire, and nobody could touch him. And then we go through these doldrums where he's, you know, we're seeing him once a week, and he's getting beat up again. Now, yeah, I know it's a longer season. Sox are winning 4-2 to two and have zero extra base hits. It is quite shocking. How many errors do the Astros have? The A's? I'm sorry, the, the <laughs> Athletics. Pardon my French. Uh, that yeah. is a good question. I don't know. At least two. There, there has, there has been some uh, some miscues. Whether or not they've been uh, scored that way, but uh, yeah, uh, Sox players are walking a little bit tonight too, which is nice to see. Guys are taking some bases, some extra bases when uh, given the opportunity. Whether it, you know, even if it's not off their own bat. So, yeah. Got to have an AJ Puck sighting there, huh? That's interesting. Is Coming it back off the uh, the old TJ surgery? Long lanky dude that throws ninety nine miles an hour. Um, yeah, they only have one error actually, but uh, 
I mean, there were some I mean, uh, there were some mis- miscues that maybe could have been, you know, graded in a different direction. Uh, well, I mean, there's that uh, that uh, biff by Chapman, but I wouldn't say that was a, I wouldn't say that's that was a, an error. It was a hard hit ball by yeah, it was by really hard hit. But it did look like he was actually looking back towards the runners before he had the ball in the glove. Like he was ready to make that catch and then turn and, you know, get the quick double play on a on a, a base running error. And uh, I, you know, obviously the White Sox are at home, so the uh, the uh, the scorer is going to give that one to uh, Aloy as a hit yeah. instead of an error, but, well, yeah, uh, especially in Chicago. Um, yeah, I don't, I actually, and I, I think that they probably give him the base hit in Oakland too. I don't think they're giving Chapman an error on that. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that was, that was rough. The, uh, the Giolito start, that was rough. And then, you know, the C start wasn't terrible. You know, you had six K's, but again, only goes 5.2 and you end up seeing, you know, five innings out of your out of your relievers and uh you know Jose Ruiz in the game again you know like a uh late inning <coughs> spot not a fan of that very much um and then we get back to the field of dreams game which was an awesome game and then it was a terrible game. And then it was a somebody really awesome I know. Game. Somebody I know put it very well. Somebody I I enjoy uh, conversating with put it very well when they said uh, the uh, top of the ninth was the worst, but the bottom of the ninth was the best. Who was that guy? Yeah. Anybody? Oh. Anybody? Raise your hand if you're yeah. present. There you go. There yeah. You go. I mean, it was it was one of those things where it was like you went from high to really low <laughs> after that uh, after that Hendricks uh that Hendricks absolute meltdown and then when TA hit that home run like i mean i don't normally uh i don't normally get too crazy you know like i'll uh i'll give a shout you know but like i actually jumped up out of my chair i was when TA hit that home run, I was, you are not the only I one. Stoked. I was, I was at the racetrack already that night, Thursday night. It was uh check-in night for us. And, uh, the race team had, uh, pulled out the, uh, the car hauler and two travel trailers. And we were, uh, scrambling to find a way to watch the game because we had had no Wi-Fi. Uh, we were having difficulties getting uh digital antenna, uh, you know, airwave uh viewing any we we were we were struggling and uh unfortunately i missed you know about the better part of the first half of the game and we were able to catch the uh the the back end of the game and uh i I gotta say man we were screaming and hooting and hollering in the uh, the cornfields of joliet actually the garbage dumps of joliet but you know (laughs) well the racetrack is like right next to uh the uh the dump so oh awesome. really <laughs> yeah yeah uh, it's it's right down the road anyway yeah i was at work when the game started and then i drove home and uh by the time i got home i think i want to say we were losing and then we took the lead and then 
just sitting there watching, and then the bottom of the ninth happened. I was under the top of the ninth happened. I was just, uh. <laughs> uh, I did not miss that worst strike zone in MLB history, and I posted it up on uh, up on Twitter. Some of those uh, some of those awful calls. Yeah, I mean when you see uh, oh and oh, well, at least it wasn't a home run. So that's no, good. actually that uh, that. That ground roll double actually all might have saved Kimbrel run there. Yeah, jeez, Louise. Um, here we go again. Um, Craig Kimbrel. Yeah, Kopech. Like he, I've never, I, I haven't seen this in a while, and I mostly don't see it in Major League Baseball. But uh, you know, Kopech sitting there, you know, screaming. You know, yelling at the umpire, throwing his hands up like, "What are you doing out there?" And uh, you know, what are what are you doing, Wegner's Wegner and him? You know, and I kind of had Wegner. to agree. Like, I mean, that uh, that one where he threw his hands up and kind of, uh, you know, right before cats came out, that was that was worth kind of being like, "Dude, what are you doing?" Like, that had like a good like five six inches of the plate and it was like just above knee level so i don't i'm not entirely positive how he screwed that call up i mean but he missed it bad and the thing was is then he did it he did it a couple of times and then he did it to, he did it to kimbrell after that and it's just like well, what's going on here man it's 1 a.m yeah. in brazil jumped at your bed and jumped up in your bed yeah yeah no that was a that game was a lot, a lot of fun to watch. Um, so again, uh, not alone in that feeling. It was, uh, <laughs> yeah. I that that was one of those games where it rated up there with a, you know, a needed playoff win. Uh, it almost felt it had that kind of atmosphere, being that it was like Dario says historical. It was the very first ever Field of Dreams game, which now MLB is saying they're going to play. You know, a few of these games. Uh, you know, we won't talk about the other team that they're talking about, you know, next year, but, uh, I saw yeah. something uh, like, uh, the, uh, other team and then the Reds next year. Is that, is that, uh, is that accurate? Is that what's being talked about? Reds. Yeah. And, and, and the guys up North. Yeah. Is that what, is that sounds, what the, I think the that sounds is? right. Okay. I so think that sounds Here's a question. All right, so the uh, the World Series that the White Sox were in that resulted in eight men out. Correct. Was the White Sox against the Cincinnati Reds. Right. So why do you have the White Sox playing the Yankees and then the next year have the Reds playing. Why would you not have, and like, I understand, like I heard somebody say something about ratings, you know, Um, whatever, but you know, why would you not have the rematch be, or, or, you know, like the, the, the game be the Reds against the White Sox, which is a, you know, uh, I get what you're saying, uh, about the, uh, the White Sox and the, and the, you know, the eight men out thing and shoeless Joe Jackson, because he's the guy that comes out of the, you know, the cornfield in the movie or whatever. 
but uh, I don't really know that the Field of Dreams was actually, you know, the whole eight men out thing aside from Shoeless Joe Jackson. You know, obviously uh, that's part of it. But I think the reason the Yankees uh, were featured in the first one was because of the character from the movie, uh, Ray Kinsella, who uh, was, you know, Ray the farmer's dad in the movie was wearing a New York Yankees jersey. He was a New York Yankees player. So I think that's kind of where it comes from. If I, okay. It's my best explanation. I think it was more a thing about the movie than it was about the, uh, you know, the whole eight men out World Series thing. That was a really, really ugly swing. <laughs> that was probably that. that uh, that's probably my favorite uh, Craig Kimbrell pitch since he's been here. That was nasty, and uh, Mr. Chapman was not too thrilled about <laughs> about it either. Um, I'll take it. So, um, if I was if I was to tell you that you were going to get nine innings of one-run baseball from Reynaldo Lopez, Garrett Crochet, Jose Ruiz, Matt Foster, and Craig Kimbrell, and that you were going to lose that game to Bailey Ober of the Minnesota Twins, what would you say? No, I would have told you you were smoking some of the good, good. Uh, yeah, no. Bailey yeah, over. So, yeah, that was the uh, the getaway game uh, before the Field of Dreams. White Sox lose one to nothing to Bailey Ober. Well, I guess technically uh, Caleb Thielbar got the win because um, uh, Ober only pitched five point one, I guess. Yeah, and okay, so he's not the pitcher of record, but you know. Yeah, but I mean, he like, only gave up one run. Crying out loud, man! How how I mean. Like we've all seen the uh the twins pitching staff this year and like uh Juan uh I don't know if you know this or not, but um Juan Manaya has now become uh fantastic apparently. Cause, uh he Yeah, went, what's uh, up with that? Yeah, one point one innings, three strikeouts. And he struck out Abreu at, and at which point after Abreu struck out he hit his hit his baseball bat a la uh Carlos Quentin. And uh, I was having bad flashbacks right there. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then Colome came out and got his uh, second save of the series. Um, another inning of uh, shutout baseball. Granted, he did walk a guy. But, um, yeah, gave up no runs. Um, yeah, the uh, yeah. Kimbrell Sox, gets out of the inning. I'll take it. White Sox managed, you know, managed to out hit the Twins, but didn't manage to score any runs, so they lose that game. Um, and then the uh, the day the day before that, um, you have uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Jacks, uh, rookie pitcher. Uh, comes and pitches for the Twins, and uh, we 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 have uh. Long had a uh, a love affair with uh, playing badly against uh, twins. Nobodies seems like whenever uh, some guy who's just a uh, also ran, a la um, Bailey Ober, uh, 
or uh, our buddy uh, Jax here. Um, what's his name again? I can't remember his first name. Quentin? Quentin, Quentin Jax? Jax? I don't know. Griffin Jax. Griffin. Griffin. There you go. Yeah. Griffin Jax. Uh, never pitched. It's one of those uh, in names there. Yeah. Ne- never made it through the sixth inning ever in a game. White Sox, no problem. We'll get you through six. So he gets uh, six innings, ten strikeouts. Did give up a couple of home runs. Um, but, again, you know, the uh, the White Sox, they score uh, three runs in the third inning and then goose eggs all around. So, you know, and, and only managed six hits again. Um, <sighs> Keuchel, in that, in that one, uh, gives up four runs in six innings. Uh, his third time through the order, uh, if I remember correctly, um, yeah, he starts off the uh, the sixth inning. And uh, I seem to see a lot of people asking why Keuchel came back out in the sixth inning, for which uh, I do not have an answer, and it uh, did not go well. So it was nice that uh, nice that they took him out of the game today after the fifth. And, um, you know, career strikeout number 1,001 for Craig Krimble. Um. Yeah, I know it's five innings for the decision, but it's only five innings for the decision if they're winning. They weren't winning. If it there's a lead, zero. right? Yeah. So, um. Yeah. Um. Yeah that 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 series was uh very frustrating. Um, when it came to, you know, again, the thing you know where it's uh it's all or nothing. You know, you either score three runs. Zero, you know, like three, two, one, or zero runs, or you know, like game one of that series, they score eleven runs and win eleven to one. And uh, Giolito pitches. We've been talking about for months. Yeah, Giolito goes out, throws eight innings, only gives up one run and two hits. You know, and uh, then Crochet comes out and pitches a uh, pretty decent ninth. You know, he walked a guy, but he was he was fairly decent. You know, he had. Looked like he had nice stuff, and he was a uh, the uh, I think it was what was it yesterday? See, yesterday or two days ago, he was throwing like uh, he was hitting like ninety eight, ninety nine on his fastball. Good to see. So that's that's maybe good to letting see. him loose or whatever the arm issue that he was having last year in the playoffs is finally yeah, who disappearing. Knows? Who knows what it is? But uh, sure would love to see this guy ramp up to triple digits again before the playoffs start. That's for sure. Would be nice. Yeah. So I mean, you got uh, three hits from Anderson. Uh, multi-hit games from uh, Aloy, Yoan, and Luis uh, Robert, which uh, ended up accounting for, uh, you know, nine of the runs, nine of the 11 runs from those guys. So that was nice to see, you know. And, uh, you know, personally, I was hoping to see, uh, you know, after coming out of that Cubs series, I was kind of hoping that, they were continuing to the twin series and they were going to uh, start uh, ramping it up a little bit and, uh, you know, get that runs per game that we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks to start getting that runs per game up a little bit. And uh, yet again, you know, you have the 11 run game and then you have a, uh, you know, another couple of games where you don't score 
a run and then you only score you know a couple of runs in the next game so it all average and ends up averaging out to be about you know four four and a half runs a, a game or whatever but again you know if you actually look more into it instead of just looking at the runs per game you see that it's one really good game and then the other two games are ugh, you know and it's like if the pitching's not perfect you're screwed you know so well, yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's our uh, last couple of series here. And um, I don't know. It's uh, kind of one of those things, you know, you know, last yesterday in the chat, I know that you saw the uh, the conversation about, um, you know, whether or not you're worried about the, the White Sox and how things are going and uh, that 14 and 14 <sighs> conversation. But, um, you know, it. I'm not, you know, I'm not necessarily worried about the the division so much, you know. Um, I think that the the division is easily winnable, but um, you know that uh, we're hoping to avoid that first round exit again. And uh, if you have like a, you know, again, you have one of those plus ten run games to lead off the series, and you, they're all jacked and they're ready to play, and then they go out and score ten plus. And then the next couple of games, you know, they're going to come back and throw up a one or a three, you know? Yeah, they just look flat uh, after those big games. It's, you know, and you would think these big games would be the confidence boost to that this team needs to, you know, feel like uh, they are the offensive threat that everybody says and thinks they are. And, you know, it just doesn't, uh, just doesn't seem to do the trick. And as we speak, uh, we will uh, go ahead and, and uh, you know, digress here a little bit as uh, Mr. Lou Bob. God, I hate that. But uh, Luis Robert goes deep to uh, left field over the uh, White Sox bullpen. You love to a see it. Bob. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, it wasn't so. a cheapie either. That certainly no. was not a cheapie. That, uh, that's a good four four fifteen ish i'd say probably what is it that's like uh three three thirty i think three thirty five down the line there three thirty i thought it was more than that i thought it was a three fifty three hundred and ninety four feet okay i was twenty feet off what do i know but uh yeah you'll take that you will absolutely, absolutely. take that absolutely but, uh good see, to see the kid thing, uh coming back off of his injury stint and um Swinging the bat a little bit. Now, here's what I don't want to happen right now. I don't want them to rattle off like seven, eight runs. Because if they no, because that, that's exactly what we were just talking about. They're gonna fall. They're gonna go flat again. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you hope not. But um, well, if 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 serves. Yeah, I mean, it just seems to be a pattern, and that's uh, unfortunately a fair assessment from what we've seen. So I'm I'm hoping that that. Uh, I'm hoping that that's not what happens because uh, I really don't. Uh, I don't really feel like watching that one over again. No, no. I mean, I'd rather that they score uh, five runs a game over the all four of these games than to score fifteen runs in this game and then do three one and one. You know what I'm saying? So it's right. all it's still going to equal twenty runs, but. 
you know, like your chances of winning a few of those are a lot better if you split it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just, uh, uh, yeah. And you know, again, you know, like we said, uh, that whole, uh, battered white Sox syndrome, you know, I mean, that could a hundred percent be what it is and that I'm just so used to, uh, dealing with this stuff that, um, I guess I'm, you could say that I was normalizing it. Let's hope that that's not the, not actually the case. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, it's not normalizing it. I don't think it's just observation. You know, we are seeing the same thing over and over again. And, you, and we'll talk about the eye test on this, you know, on this stream a lot, but this isn't eye test stuff. This is, you know, you can go back and look at the, at the scorecard for these games the last month or so and see that that is a trend. So, uh, yeah, let's hope that that doesn't uh, happen here. Yeah, they got to get out I, of this funk. This this offense obviously yeah. is more than capable of scoring runs, uh, whether it be ten one night and you know two the next. It it should be that if they're able to score ten one night, they should be able to score five every day. You know they have the talent, they have the guys in the right places. Uh, they seem to have uh, a better coaching staff than they had in a while. Uh, I would think that. Somewhere, these guys are going to get up. The energy levels are going to get up. The the heart's going to come out, and you know, hopefully, they, we don't go down like uh, you know we did one of these stretches, like 05, where they almost kind of lost the whole thing. They went first place uh, for the entire season from from get go, day one, 162 games, first place in the division, wire to wire. Uh, but they did start to crumble at the end of the season. Uh, and let uh, let some other teams back in the hunt before the playoffs. And then we all know what happened in the playoffs in 2005. They lost one game. So, yeah, that one okay. Yeah. So let's just hope that, uh, you know, these guys find it at the right time. They get hot and they roll because the talent is there for sure. We have yeah. not seen a White Sox lineup that looks like this maybe ever in my lifetime. Yeah, no, I mean, this is – I mean – how about this? At least the potential of this lineup has the uh, the possibility of being, you know, one of those uh, murderers row type deals, you know, where there's no place that's safe for any pitcher that uh, throws the ball anywhere close to home plate. And I mean, we saw it last year at at you know for you know quite a bit, and uh, we didn't get much of a chance this year because you know you had. Uh, Aloy go out injured right away. Grandal came in with a knee. Yeah, he was banged uh, up from the get-go. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, we all know uh, what happened to Lewis Robert. And, you know, then we lost uh, Nikki Two Strikes. Yeah. Uh, who will not be returning ever, or at least, you know, not for the next few years. Uh so yeah, you know it's it's been a, a plug and play kind of lineup most of this season. So we haven't had the opportunity to kind of see what these guys can do when they've got all the cogs in place. So uh, I don't know, you know, maybe getting uh, Yaz back here sometime in the near future uh, will be the shot in the arm that this lineup needs. And I, you know, I thought that when Aloy came back, and it didn't quite work out that way uh, right off the bat. And then I thought it when uh, Lewis came back and it didn't work out that way right away. So 
I'm hanging my hat on Yasmani. I mean, it hasn't been awful for either one of those guys coming back. You know, Aloys started out pretty slow. He's like, what, two for 25 in his, you know, first handful of games. And then he exploded for a couple of dingers, uh, you know, but overall as a, a complete lineup, you know, we, we, we see these games where there, there's just a power outage and, you know, one can only hope that Yasmani is the key to the whole thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, like you saw in the beginning of the season that, uh, you know, even when Madrigal was having issues earlier on in the season that Grandal was walking at a prolific rate, you know, I mean, it was ridiculous. It was like, uh, it was like June first, and he already had fifty walks or something like that. I mean, something well, you insane know, like for a guy that. to have a batting average that was you know near uh, two hundred or even below two hundred at, at point, it was like one thirty-five, right, right? And but he had an OPS that was over seven hundred. You're going okay with this guy starts hitting the ball. Look out because and then he uh, did. he's. Yeah. And then he did, and he started hitting dinger after dinger after dinger, and he was hitting for extra bases. And then, of course, you know, the injury bug bites the White Sox yet again. So, uh, I don't know. I just hope we get that guy that uh, before he went down was getting really hot. I hope we get him back before the playoffs start. Yeah. I mean, you saw how it was. You know, I mean, I think that, uh, I mean, we the other day I, I want to say that we were like, what, 0 for 25 or something like that with guys in scoring position or 1 for 25 or something like that. It was Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's pretty awful. Yeah, you know, you, you hope that, uh, you know, getting those guys on base will propel them to uh, start doing something. Unfortunately, uh, in the last, you know, couple of weeks, you know, to be, to not even get into stuff from, you know, a month ago, but I mean, you know, within the last week, you know, we've had guys on base at various points and just for whatever reason, some, nobody's driving them in, you know? And, uh, yeah, the left on base numbers, the LOB, the lob has not been good. Um, you know, if we can, we can talk about that till we're blue in the face, but it's been an issue and it needs to be cleaned up. You'd like to see somebody, somebody in this lineup step up. You know, I hear people talk about Jose Abreu and his 80-plus RBIs, but, you know, Jose has been a different version of Jose this year. Yeah, he's done it when guys are on base, but he's doing it in games that are already in hand. You know, the Sox have a three, four, five-run lead, and he gets a three-run home run. Well, there has been a little bit of that, yeah. It's nice to see. It's fun to watch. But uh, it's not helping in those games when it's, uh, you know, a one-run game or the Sox are losing, you know, by one or two or three. Uh like to see more of it in those situations. And you don't necessarily have to hit the bomb either. Let's just uh, let's get some guys, you know. I'd like to see some station-to-station baseball as long as runners are scoring. You know, we've seen some of that tonight, but uh, it, it's not the uh, the norm. You know, uh, it's been a stat that uh, we've actually been seeing or a graphic that we've been seeing a lot of here in the last week or two during White Sox games is, you know, how many games the team wins after hitting a home run. 
and then how many more games they hit after hitting multiple home runs. And it was something ridiculous the other day, like 28 and two or yeah. 29 and yeah. three or something like that. And, uh, you know, that's awesome. That's great. Problem is, is there's these games where they don't hit any home runs. And, uh, you know, what's the win percentage look like then? And it's not actually too great. So. Yeah. Cause I mean, if you think about the fact that they're 28 and two or 20, whatever it was, 28 and three or 26 and three or whatever the heck it was. Um, if there's that with multiple home runs that, you know, that the one has to be way closer to, to, uh, 500 or below because, uh, you know, I mean, just well, the record, how, yeah, know, right. The record, you, you know, they're 18 games the math. 500 or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it has to be under 500 no matter what. So, right. Now we get our, uh, now we get our chance to, uh, hopefully see that, uh, redemption inning from, uh, Mr. Hendricks here. Mr. Ivan Letaldi is here. Hello, sir. How are you? Good to see you. Thanks for stopping by. Hey, um, good evening, Ivan. Yeah, so uh, we get uh, get a little uh, Liam Hendricks, see if he can't uh, manage to uh, square this one away. Man, I don't like saying that. Um, I'm going to take a minute, and I will return. So you are riding solo for a minute, and I'll be right back. Uh, I can do that. I guess we'll just commentate on the game a little bit because I have lost the chat yet again. It is a... Uh... It is not a White Sox daily live stream if we don't have some sort of technical issues. I've been uh, trying to follow along on my phone and I'm refreshing my phone and I'm not getting it there either. So you guys stick with me. I guess we'll play commentator a little bit. Uh, I'm no Jason Benetti, but uh, we'll uh, we'll go ahead and talk a little bit about what uh, Liam is doing out here. And uh, as I say that, he throws a pitch in the dirt and is emphatically what I would guess only to be uh, cussing at himself. So uh, let's see. We got the next pitch coming in, and Liam gets strike two. So, hey, I got. seems like I got a little bit of chat. I see uh, Ivan. Good evening. Good evening to you, sir. Uh, maybe my chat's just a little bit behind. So I apologize, folks. Uh, I'm trying to do the best I can here with nothing. Uh, Liam looks in, goes into the stretch, the pitch outside 99, four seam fastball count goes at three and two. He does not look happy with himself. As we all know, uh, Liam Hendricks is not the guy you want mic'd up as seen in the all-star game. Uh, especially when we are, you know, live, All right, and he's going to step off the rubber here for a minute. We do. We do indeed need a W, Ivan. I agree. Uh, it would be nice to see uh, Liam come out here and, and do what Liam does. Uh, he's at six pitches already here just to start at the top of the ninth. Uh, Brown's battling pretty well here. So uh, let's see what the kid can do. Um you know, Ian and I talked a little bit earlier in the stream about uh, his usage. He has been used a little bit more 
the last few days or last week. So I'm kind of hoping that that's the thing that he needs to get himself going when he sits a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> LOL. It mic'd up Leon. Uh, yeah. He Liam's just uh, not the guy that you put a microphone on. Unfortunately, uh, he is very intense and we'll leave it at that. But uh, Ron's battling him here. We let's get this W the pitch. Strike three on a swinging slider. All right. But yeah, anyways, I was saying, uh, Liam, uh, Ian and I have been discussing uh, Liam's usage, and it seems like when he doesn't pitch enough is when he loses the feel for that slider. And right now that slider's looking pretty good after a few days of uh, you know, getting back on the horse here. Welcome back, Mr. Eskridge. Hey, thank you, sir. Hi. Uh, we've been uh, discussing Liam, and he's he's been getting Ooh. a little bit more work as of late here. And the slider looks like it's working well. So let's uh, get this W. Yeah, that's nasty. Nobody's hitting that. No. Nobody's hitting that. No. Oh, man. Yeah, mic'd up Liam. What an awful idea that was. E what, what a terrible idea. <laughs> so funny. Let's take the most intense reliever in baseball. Yeah, the, well, the one the guy who really that swears the loudest, anyway. Well, yeah, and you know, well, I mean, he's not just swearing; he's he's screaming at batters. The guy's uh, he gets amped up for uh, just about every pitch, and uh, you know, that can be fun if he didn't cuss like a drunken Aussie every day. Yeah, yeah. sounds. He's like been a... drinking oil cans of Foster's before he comes out onto the mound, you know? Yeah, does he sound like a sailor? I don't know. You guys can answer that for me. I was a sailor. <laughs> I am a proud I am a proud Navy veteran, and uh, I am proud of myself for uh, keeping it mostly clean here on the, on the White Sox Daily Live Twitch stream, so... Yeah, I believe Ivan's not sailor as well, so... Uh... So you guys got that in common. So you guys would know better. I can believe than I I've do seen if... that on Facebook once or twice, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's nice to see him uh, inducing bad contact and uh, no contact. That's uh, that is that's nice to see. Now, as long as he can uh, manage to uh, avoid that uh, heart of the plate, you know, heart of the plate pitch. And I don't know. From what I noticed, most of the time it comes on O two. So. <laughs> So, right. Uh, yeah. Let's, let's see. Uh, Ivan, you've got two years on me, but I was six years in the Navy. Nice. Flight deck sailor. Hardtop well, sailor. Thank you for your service, gentlemen. Ah, much appreciated. Much appreciated. Um, yeah, I'm loving this graphic that they just showed of uh, Liam Hendricks oh, yeah, in, the, the, giant in the kangaroo pouch at uh, Brookfield Zoo. Yeah, so. I, I saw that uh, I saw that on Twitter today, and I did myself a service and did not go into the comment section. Oh yeah, I can imagine that was yeah. A, uh, Seemed like it would be a, a a pretty terrible idea, and that I would see nothing but oh, he sucks. You know, trade him, get rid of him, DFA him. Kimbrel needs to be closing. You know, I mean, I know a hundred percent that that's what what those that comment section was like. 
And uh, that's a last. Did you change hats on us while you were away? Yeah, you like that? Did you change hats? I just got that one. Oh, nice. Yeah, representing Dash. Little uh, American flag, uh, Winston Salem Dash hat. Just got it actually. So uh, okay, look, uh, I'm uh. I'm sorry. I'm going to address the chat here real quickly. I'm going to go away from White Sox baseball for just a minute because uh, Ivan has just uh, told us that uh, he was a boatswain's mate. See you to subscribe sex talk. (laughs) He was a boatswain's mate for two years in the Navy, and then he was a dental tech for six. I just want to know how one goes from boatswain's mate who is in the nitty gritty dirty grind of a uh, of uh, ship's operations uh to uh digging around in the nitty gritty dirty grind of people's oh. mouths. <laughs> I can't believe he just called that a strike. Wow. Hey, every now and again. Every now and again we got to get one. Yeah, Cano was not happy about that call. That was like 6 inches inside. I'll take it though, you know. Yeah. It was a makeup call for last week. He made up for all of them in that one pitch. Oh, and then Zavala <laughs> just takes one off the fingers. Um, yeah, I, that's why I don't I don't go on Sox talk, Grimtall. It's just to me, it's just one of those things where uh, I I like to preserve my uh, my mental well being by avoiding things like that, and um, that's uh one of those ones that just uh seems like uh, a good place to avoid. I mean, I could be wrong. It's been known to happen, but I mean, you know. Um, Yeah, so... So uh, I get it. Ivan was... You were undesignated your first two and then came back and went got your schooling. I get it. I see. I see. Makes sense. Yeah, now Ivan works down in the city. You know, as a... Here's a... are you a dentist tech at the uh, at the at the VA? Is that is that right? If that's what I think that's what it was. Liam closes it out for the White Sox, pitches himself a clean inning. So take that. Let me. Um, as as per normal, I'm running a little bit behind. Hey, there it is. High strike, and we get the uh, the little jumping around Tiger Woods fist bump. I'll take it. So uh, yeah, that's wonderful. It's nice to see uh, them open up the series with the A's with a, a nice uh, a nice win. Um, and it was uh, five five runs scored, which is more than three, which is hey. what I want to start seeing is more than three or less less runs than per twelve. Game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, just consistent. A fairly consistent, you know, five runs a game instead of 11, 1, 2, 9, you know, 0, 1, you know. It's, yes, we did need that. We did need that dub, and I will indeed take it. So, uh, now that we got uh, that done, and uh, we've. Yeah, and, uh... Before we move on to anything else, I have a quick question. Uh, is Dario still here with us? I don't know. Uh, I, I wish I would have asked a little bit earlier, but, uh, you know, Dario was saying that he has a uh, a podcast down there in Brazil, and I'm just curious as to if it is in English. 
I'm, I'm, I'm guessing it's probably a Spanish no, language Portuguese. podcast. Oh, sorry. You're right. Portuguese in Brazil. You are 100% correct. Uh, I was just curious. I would probably give it a listen, except, uh, you know, my Portuguese is not very good. <laughs> you don't say. It's pretty much non-existent. <laughs> yes, so. Lance Lynn does indeed curse like a sailor as well. Um, he looks like Bluto. <laughs> he does look like Bluto. I do like the Popeye reference. Yeah, and you know, like, the weird thing is, is that... Coming from a sailor, was he says it, too. There's Bluto, and then there's Brutus. They're different people. They are. That's. I didn't know that until many, many years later. I always thought it was the same guy. And I never made the connection that just because his name was different, that it was a different person. <laughs> yeah, and they were both after olive oil. That that dang olive oil. Uh, speaking of uh, that, that is a perfect transition. Thank you for that, Ivan. That works out perfectly. Uh, olive oil's significant other was, of course, Popeye. Speaking of Popeye, Jose Rodriguez was promoted to Winston Salem. Uh, of course, nice his segue. Is, his nickname is Popeye due to his uh, strong forearms, apparently. And uh, since he has moved to Winston-Salem, he has been continuing to hit the ball and is still doing the same things that he was doing down in Winston for the last month. So that's really great to see. Um, one of those things that you really worried about with him was uh, he swung out of his shoes a lot when he was in Winston. Yeah, there was a lot of swing um, and miss. Seems seems to be that uh, in the last month or so, um, he has stopped trying to murder the baseball all the time and has uh, been taking what the pitchers are giving him a little bit more. And uh, I don't think he does eat spinach, although, I, you know, I could certainly ask. I, I You know, I'd be able to get an answer. I, I kind of doubt it, though. And I... I'm going to go out on a limb and say his girlfriend's name is also not Olive Oil. God, I hope not. Because, you know, let's. I think the reason that it was always sailors chasing Olive Oil was the old saying, any, uh, any port in a storm. Yeah. Oof. Oh, um, sorry. There's a sailor <laughs> at me coming out here. It's a family show, kids. Most of the um, time. Yeah, most of the time. Um, so last, uh, oh, <laughs> let's go over this quickly before uh, I start running through some of the other stuff from the minor stuff. Uh, today, um, the White Sox sent Adam Engel to the IL with shoulder soreness, which is uh, not something that you wanted to see as you – Kind of saw that the White Sox are starting to get healthy, and now as they start to get healthy, you know, there they go, sending somebody back down to the IL again. Um, luckily, now, that's the thing, though. I wonder, I wonder if it's, uh, you know, did, did he just is he is there a real concern about the shoulder shoulder that shoulder soreness? Or is it that the White Sox are getting healthy and they have like 42 outfielders on the team? 
from what I gather is that, uh, and from what uh, apparently I think what Tony said was that um, there were some slides last week that uh, aggravated his shoulder, and he tried to play through it for the last couple of days, and um, it didn't work out so well. So they decided to give him, you know, the ten day. And I'd say it's probably definitely easier to do that when you have Aloy and Luis Robert back, now you're able to still have competent, you know, hitters take that spot instead of, uh, you know, just giving it up and, you know, throwing, uh, you know, 250 hitters out there. You hope that you can at least get uh, a little bit more out of that. And as you saw, you know, tonight, uh, Luis Robert back uh, three for four tonight with a, Big dinger. So, uh, yeah, so uh, as we talked before, uh, Foster got sent down to Charlotte. And uh, the White Sox decided to select the contract of Mike Wright, who I often called Mike Wrong uh, during Mm. spring training as he was getting his uh, chesticles beat about. Um, But uh, surprisingly, at least to me, um, Mike Wright, the pseudo journeyman, has actually been really good in Charlotte this season. Um, he's probably, I'd say, probably the best starter that they've had down there. I think I heard two, like uh, maybe two starts ago, that he had pitched five innings in each one, each single one of his starts this year for Charlotte, which nobody else has done. Um, regardless, you know, like I know that they, they pulled, uh, Jimmy Lambert early a little bit because they were trying to save him for, uh, September and stuff. But, uh, Mike Wright's actually been pretty decent. He's got like a 3.4 ERA in Charlotte, which, you know, you know how Charlotte is that, uh, that place people hit dingers there. Launch pad. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, the fact that he's <clears> got a 3.4 ERA in Charlotte and, uh, is going five innings deep and in all these in all these games is a uh, really nice, uh, you know, uh, a nice fallback option to have, especially, you know, with, saying uh, is he could be the White Sox, uh, Jamie Moyer. Cause isn't Mike Wright like in 42? No, no, he's not that old. <laughs> yeah. He's not, I, I don't, I think he's like 30 or something. I don't think he's, uh, I don't think he's crazy old. I mean, I'd have to look it up, but I don't think he's, uh, Super old. Um, but here is one interesting development that came from their uh, list of roster moves that they released today was that Zach Birdie was designated for assignment, which means that he has to pass through waivers in order to remain on the White Sox. And um, for those of you that have not paid attention, he's had a he's had a rough one this year. Uh, he's got somewhere he's got north of a seven ERA, uh, and things have been. Thing is, he's he's still a fireballer, uh, and I can't imagine that there isn't a team out there that thinks they can fix him. Maybe, uh, but maybe yeah. I don't know. Maybe the White Sox get lucky. He passes waivers. He sticks. I don't know. I don't. Know. Uh, I don't. I don't expect he'll be one of those guys that. Uh, We'll get a lot of lookers just because of his his season this year. Yeah, and the, the last fact couple that his, of years, his, yeah. 
Well, yeah, and his fastball doesn't move at all. So, uh, you know, maybe there's there's always been this talk about Zach Birdie since he's been with the White Sox and, you know, future closer and blah, blah, blah. We've heard it all a thousand times. Uh, and unfortunately, yeah, he can throw the ball hard, but it doesn't move. Um, but there's always been that part of me that hopes that, you know, maybe he finds some little tail or yeah. some sort of secondary pitch that, you know, he can follow that fastball. He can he can locate that fastball in places and then follow it with a really good secondary pitch, and he hasn't been able to do that. So, I don't know. Yeah, for, um, for those of you who uh, have not been following the uh, career of Zach Birdie, um, say, uh, what was he, 1B? I think uh, pick 1B in 2016. Is that right? 1B? Yes. I think. Um, and when he was drafted, there were uh, yarns being spun about him throwing 103 miles an hour. And uh, when he showed up, uh, he was immediately kind of fast-tracked for the White Sox. And uh, there was even talk of his uh, draft year of them bringing him up for uh, to be a closer – or late inning reliever, uh, had they not just fallen flat on their face when he was drafted, and uh, unfortunately they did, and um, so he ends up uh, the next season needing uh, Tommy John surgery, and uh, it takes him a long, long, long time to get back from Tommy John. I think that uh, it took him two seasons to get back to pitching again, and when he came back. Uh, his velocity, he was hitting like 92 and uh, wasn't able to ramp up that velocity. And uh, it took him another season. Uh, they finally figured out what it was, and there was, a, there was a mechanical adjustment that was made. And I would assume also, you know, coming back from Tommy John, that it took some, uh, some strengthening of his uh, – you know, of the muscles and getting back to muscle memory and everything. But they did find a uh, issue, and he's uh, throwing around 97, 98 right now. But what you're seeing, and this was the issue when even when he was throwing like 100 and, 101 plus, that his fastball is still straight. And as we've seen with Garrett Crochet, um, not necessarily because his fastball is straight, but just because, you know, the – difference in swing and miss from a 102 mile an hour fastball to a 95 slash 96 mile an hour fastball even if it moves a little bit um it's going to get hit by a major league pitcher or a major league hitter and uh that's uh pretty much exactly what's happened to zach birdie you know he came up and uh he pitched uh he had some he had uh like one or two decent outings with the Sox this year um, but, uh, yeah, he got hit hard a lot of the time as well. And it didn't seem like he was fooling, fooling anybody. Uh, it seems like the secondary stuff needs to be better. And, uh, somebody needs to inject some life into that fastball is my location's always been an issue too. Uh, yeah. that fastball catches a lot of the plate. A lot of the time, uh, he needs to be able to throw that ball pass hitters up in the zone up and in, down and away. Uh, he hasn't been able to do that. He catches the zone quite a bit. Uh, and it's unfortunate. 
you know, and we've talked about how successful the Sox have been in the draft, say the last uh, oh four, five, six years now, and how many of those guys have, uh, you know, how many of those guys normally throughout MLB, you know, the first round picks don't ever see a major league ball club and the white Sox have had uh, something like 15 out of 16 of the, their top two rounds hit the club in the last two years, last three years. So, uh, you know, kudos to them for that. You can't hit on all of them. Unfortunately, Zach birdie is going to be one of those guys that it looks like uh, is going to be the one that, that kind of slips through the cracks, you know, and it's well, unfortunate. Both, that, both him and Collins, you know, Collins has not been uh, doing the job for the White Sox either. You true. know, he's supposed to be a bat first guy, and I want to say he's like, oh, you know, since uh, like June or something like that, he's hitting like one twenty or something. It's not not good, whatever it is. Um, yeah, and uh, Ivan mentions uh, Alec Hansen. And uh, Alec Hansen's another one of those ones. You know, he ended up, uh, people had been talking about him being a universal first-round pick, and then he ended up running into uh, mechanical issues that uh, threw off his command when he was at Oklahoma. And uh, White Sox ended up getting him, you know, mid-round. And, um, you know, he comes comes out in, uh, what was it, uh, 2000. 18, I think, and uh, was uh, number one in minor leagues in, with uh, strikeouts and uh, was just absolutely nasty. And uh, he goes into the next offseason and uh, decides to get more athletic and uh, loses some weight, puts on some muscle, and in that transaction uh, ended up losing his uh, mechanics and his re- with it his release point and uh, the command went away and did and so did the velocity so he ended up going you know from throwing 96 97 to throwing you know same thing throwing like 80 I, I saw games where he was as low as like 87 86 miles an hour with this fastball and that's definitely uh, not going to get it done yeah, and it was you know it was it was more a thing of uh, I th- I think a hundred percent with uh, with Alec is that it's um, a confidence in his mechanics and um, it's just one of those things you know where he lost that command and um, just started uh, throwing the ball all over the place and. Um, you know, uh, he just, uh, I saw last, what was it, like a week and a half, two weeks ago, he pitched for the first time in a month for the Barons, and uh, it did not go well. Um, he hasn't had, I, I can't think of this year yet where he's had a clean inning. He's managed to get out of, uh, get out of situations, but they're, you know, it's even if he ends up getting strikeouts, usually what what, and this seems to be like every batter for this guy, is that uh, they start off zero two. You know, he blows the ball by guys, and then uh, you know somebody will foul the ball off, and then that just starts the ball rolling, and he can't throw a strike. And uh, 
it always it, it's seems like clockwork that the guy is always at a full count always and it's uh it's you know after seeing that season where he was just so dominant seeing that you know seeing to where things have gone and where he's ended up as of right now is uh it's tough to watch, you know. Like I, I, I honestly feel for the guy. And like the, you know, one of the other things is, is you know, I like this, I, and I tweeted about this uh, as well uh, a couple weeks ago. Is that bad things seem to follow this guy around, as far as uh, you know, like luck goes. Um, he had a guy O two in a game a couple weeks ago, and uh, guy pops it up in the infield. And, uh, you know, it's like right near the pitcher's mound. And it was like a almost a carbon copy of that uh, Gordon Beckham play where the oh. second baseman runs across the field and just plants his face in somebody's buttocks. You know, I mean, it was it was pretty close to that. Um, and the ball got dropped, you know, and that started the ball rolling. You know, it's like as soon as that happened, immediately right into his head and uh, things just kind of got away, you know, and I think he ended up giving up like two runs that inning or whatever. But I mean, you know, it's just one of those things where with how huge that guy is, because that dude's massive. He's like six, seven, six, eight, something like that. Um, if he's not like a hundred percent in alignment, things just go whack, you know, when you talk about, uh, when you talk about a guy who starts out every batter, you know, Oh, and two or a lot of batters, Oh, and two, and then can't hit the strike zone after that, and he's walking guys, he's giving up hits. Um, I had a coach when I played that called that the syndrome, and it was uh, wanting to, at least you know, in my experience, the guys that I played with, it was uh, the the want to do too much as a pitcher. You were looking for that strikeout on every batter, uh, and you kind of forget about the guys, you know, the seven guys behind you ready to make a play. Um, you know, and when that happens, it's unfortunate. And sometimes guys never get out of that. They just don't. Uh, they want to go up there. They want to strike out every guy. And they feel like if they're not doing that, they're not doing their job. Uh, you know, and it's unfortunate because there are a lot of great pitchers who are doing their job and they're just doing too much. And when they get into their head, they need to do that. Everything kind of falls apart from there. Yeah, definitely so. seems to be a, a thing. Uh, speaking of uh, Major League Baseball um, moves that were also made, uh, Ivan brings up the uh, the DFA of the outfield upgrade for the Chicago White Sox for the 2021 baseball season. Oh, uh, no. Los Angeles Angels, not of Anaheim, because Anaheim didn't want to – no, they're the Anaheim Angels, not the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim because Los Angeles did not want to let them use the town's name for their own gain. Um, they have released uh, Spanky. So uh, Adam Eaton is once again free. Is he healthy? Was he not, was he not on? I, I thought he was hurt again, but maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> Entirely possible. And you know, like the thing is, is like I I, I posted this uh, on uh, Facebook, and uh, got you know, 
nobody directly said it to me, but it was kind of, you know, somebody said, oh, the hate of eating at this point is just ridiculous. And I'm just like, no hate. Why? I'm just pointing it out. It's just stating uh, facts. Yeah. And, you know, you got people saying, oh, injury prone. He's not injury prone. And I'm like, well, the guy's been Uh, injured and missed significant time in 60% 60 of the seasons he's played in Major League Baseball. I'd say that's That's pretty prone. yeah, that's not that's not a reach to say that he's injury prone if the dude's missing all sorts of time. So. Uh, this show, in its infancy, in its in its podcast form, or at least in, in its current state, since I have joined uh, the show, it uh, was something that we talked about the day we found out that Adam Eaton was signed by the White Sox in the offseason. So uh, it's not like we're pulling this stuff out of thin air dude's been banged up a lot even when he wasn't on the il he was playing through pain and injuries uh it is what it is i mean dude's built like a you know the proverbial brick poop house if you will i'm trying really hard not to do the sailor thing here but uh yeah built like a you know built like a tank you know, a five foot three tank or whatever, however tall yeah. it is, but you know, um, and yet he can't seem to, uh, you know, keep himself. He he has a little bit of the, the, the Loy Jimenez in him where he likes to run into things, uh, other players walls that, you know, don't give or have minimal padding on them. Uh, he finds a way to tweak something backs, thumbs, you know, whatever it is. And, uh, we talked about it. From day one, Sox are bringing back Adam Eaton. Everybody's huge. This could be. This was our second. It's the glue move, our, man. It's the glue move. He's a grinder. Yeah, he's a grinder, and he was the he was the 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 premier position player acquisition for the White Sox, and what was supposed to be our season. Insanity. And we all went. Um, what could be good if he's healthy? But, uh, you know, not going to go down that road until I see I'm healthy. And lo and behold. So, yeah, you can put that out there. There's no hate. Might be a little bit of I told you. Might be a little bit of I told you so in there, but there's no hate. (laughs) You know what, though? You know what? I didn't do any of that. I simply (laughs) posted the outfield upgrade has been DFA'd by the Angels. That's (laughs) all I put. And, you know, like, anyway, uh, Ivan brings up that Spanky had some good moments with us. And, yes, yes, he did. And I will say in the first week of the season, we would not have won, like, two or three of the games that we won that that week without him. The unfortunate thing is that it was only the first week of the season. After that, it was, and then he got injured, you know? So, I mean, like, he went from hitting home runs and winning the game for the White Sox to nothing, like almost overnight, and then he got injured, went away for a few weeks, came back, was bad, and then got DFA'd. You know, well, because Grimtall because there was it. just there was just too many good outfielders. <laughs> there were just too many good players on this team. Too many good players. We had that to we make just tough couldn't decisions. Bad yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, Grimtall points out that uh, Adam Eaton had more war as a pitcher than as a position player with the Angels. Fun fact. 
Fun Oof. fact. That's that's rough stuff. Mm. Ooh. Things that make you go, hmm. Yeah. So um let's see, we got a few minutes left here. Um go to uh some of the um go to some of the minor league stuff. Obviously, uh we yeah. talked about uh Grandal already is doing his rehab with Birmingham and he's been fairly decent. I think he's hitting like uh <laughs> I want to say he's hitting like 300 or something like that, you know, over a week, which, you know, small sample size, blah, blah. But, um, yes, Hamilton and Goodwin most definitely both played much better than uh, than Adam Eaton did. That don't need any stats is, to tell you that. The eye test definitely plays there. Yeah, you don't need stats for that kind of thing. Um, you know, there are certain stats that uh, that you need. This is not one of them. He was just overall pretty bad. Although I will say that some of the people that are uh, anti-stats type uh, folks are the main ones who are defending him. So maybe there is a correlation there. Ducker. I mean, I'm just saying, and maybe it maybe it is a maybe it is a thing. You know that uh, that those people are the same people. Um, oh, it's definitely a thing. <laughs> it's definitely a yeah, thing. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be nice here. Yeah, well, um, call me a geek. Call me a nerd. And uh, if I'm a nerd and a geek, then you are like the the wizard master of all yeah, nerds. I wouldn't go that far, but uh, yeah. I do. I do In like a good stat. To me. I do like. I a do good as stat. well. Uh, you just happen to dig a little deeper than I do at times. Uh, and we all appreciate the hard work that you put in in them situations, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's definitely a thing with those folks that say, "Oh, you know, it's batting average." Whoa, oh, I immediately had immediate headache for me right there. Um, yeah, also, also one of my uh, favorite topics is the uh, the batting average and uh, pitcher wins. Uh, is another one. Pitcher of those wins aren't a team stat. No. Yeah. Um, so, back in my uh, day, we used to walk uphill in the snow three miles both ways on the way home and the way to school. Um, Get off my lawn. So Norhe Vera uh, made his first uh, made his first appearance for the Dominican Summer League White Sox the other day, and uh, was consistently hitting ninety eight miles an hour. And um, mm -mm. had three swinging strikeouts. Um, number four ranked prospect in the White Sox system. Sounds pretty good to me. Um, hey. when they we talked him up when, a little bit, huh? Yeah, when they mm -hmm. signed him, uh, he was hitting like 93, 94. Or when they were originally taught, when, when they originally put the deal into place with him. He was throwing like ninety three. Had so where's ninety eight coming from? What kind of workout we, program is this guy? Yeah. On? So we hear news uh, earlier this year, like in uh, February, Marchish area, that he's now ticked up to ninety six, ninety seven. Now in the DSL, a couple months later, now he's up to ninety eight. And he's got a uh, plus slider and a decent uh, changeup, from what I remember. So um, that's why he is the fourth ranked prospect with the White Sox. 
So that is uh, extremely Definitely love to hear that. Yeah, the unfortunate bit on the whole thing, you know, is that this uh, this whole, you know, and uh, James Fox brought it up on on the uh, the tweet machine that uh, this archaic, stupid old system that they have, um, he has to stay in the Dominican so he can keep more of his money because if he comes here, he has to pay taxes on it, and then he ends up losing a bunch of money. So now, instead of him being able to come and play baseball, for which we are paying him to do, now he has to stay down there and uh, ply his wares down there, which is uh, pretty aggravating. Um, But, you know, then again, I'm happy to see him finally uh, throwing some pitches for a White Sox affiliate, which is nice. I can't wait to get uh, some eyes on him, but it's not going to be until, unfortunately, next year. So, yeah, that's a uh, we've talked about that a few times on on this uh, this stream as well too. The naturalization process of some of these guys coming from other countries and how that all goes down and per diems and the whole nine yards and uh, it's tough, you know. Uh, it takes a little bit of time, but uh, like you said, just to hear that uh, he's doing the things that he's doing right now and he's in the condition that he's in, there's those all encouraging uh, factors that. Uh, we can keep an eye on the rest of the way out here. Yeah. Um, Cade McClure got bumped up to uh triple a, um, which is, hey. which is really nice to see. Um, one of our, uh, guys coming up through the system and everything, uh, his first start did not go so hot, um, as to be expected. Um, like it's just it seems like it's a, a fairly normal thing. Like I get way more shocked when somebody has a good game in their first game coming up than I do if they just, you know, go over five with four strikeouts and a, and a foul out, you know, like that's like, that seems totally normal, you know, for what happens on uh, most of these uh, first games up at their new assignment. But uh, yeah, that went pretty ugly. Um, Lennon Sosa went to the Barons with, uh, with uh, Johan Dominguez and uh, Davis Martin uh, pitcher out of Texas tech that we have, uh, Nicknamed the judge because he's a uh, law student and um, decent pitcher, but uh, he also had a uh, a rough game in his first game with the Barons. Um, you know. To this, uh, are you a follower of the of uh, Mister Lennon Solsa? I uh, I've been kind of. Um, on which one? I mean, on uh, Instagram, or are you talking about? Like, no, no, uh, just just just, just his baseball career. Yeah, just paying attention to him because, uh, you know, this was a kid that early on when he was uh, brought into the organization was talked about a little bit and uh, you know, he kind of seemed to uh, disappear for a little while. And I know he came up, he was super young, super, super young. Uh, and he was, yeah, he weighed like 92 pounds soaking wet. But uh, the reason I ask is, uh, you know, we've been hearing about him hitting the ball a little bit this year he's been doing some things uh i just want kind of want to know uh how much you follow him and uh what your take on uh his game is at this particular moment well um so there were rumors uh from dash world that lennon sosa and um yulbert sanchez had become uh, pretty good buddies and um that um, 
yes, Dan Victor does love Lennon Sosa. Um, that they had become good buddies, and that Yolbert Sanchez was helping uh, Lennon Sosa out a lot with his with his game, and that's why he had seen some improvement this year. Um, so now, how much of that played into him being promoted up to the Barons? That I don't know. Um, but uh, Yolbert is uh, still doing things. You know, even though he got moved up, he's actually, I'd say he's probably actually putting up the exact same stats that he did at uh, high A, which, you know, going to Birmingham is uh, kind yeah, of Yeah, Birmingham's a, a large ballpark. Birmingham's yes. a very large ballpark. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's nice to see him uh, him doing things up there. Uh, I know uh, I, had, I just had it. Just had it. Uh, Cabrera Weaver and Popeye and uh, Uelvin Sylvan, uh, bullpen pitcher for the uh, Cannonballers. Now he's with the Dash. All those guys are with the Dash. And uh, Jordan Michael, uh, starting pitcher, also moved up to the Dash. Uh, and uh, Jose Rodriguez, when he came up, he hit a grand slam the other night, uh, I think in his first game with the Dash. I'm pretty sure that was his first at bat with a dash. Actually, my parents were at the game. Um, you know, they're down in the it's one uh, you won't forget. Yeah, yeah, they're down in North Carolina, a um, couple hour drive away from Winston Salem. But um, my dad, and mom went over to the game, and he uh, was the pretty much the lone bright spot for the dash as they got their uh, f- jaws punched loose. I think they ended up losing like. 12 to 5 or something like that and he had a grand slam in the um second inning or something like that but I think they were already down like 7 or 8 to nothing <laughs> in the in the first inning um and Cabrera Weaver I you know what I, to be honest I don't even know if I've seen him play with the dash yet I think maybe he played he started one game um and as far as the uh, promotions to Canapolis, uh, Masail um, Gonzalez and Taylor Broadway, uh, draftee from this year, and Cole Seamus, who's uh, uh, unsigned free a- or uh, undrafted f- uh, free agent, um, Bill Seamus's kid, um, got uh, put up to uh, the Cannonballers. So uh, Masail uh, Gonzalez. Um, first at bat with, uh, I think it was first at bat. I think it was, yeah, it was his first at bat. Second pitch he saw hit a home run. Um, kind of struggled for a couple of games and then he just hit another home run yesterday. Um, other interesting news, uh, yesterday the, uh, the Knights just went off and, uh, one fourteen to seven. Uh, Yermin went five for six with two home runs and three RBIs. Uh, Sheets hit a home, like hit a a pretty nice monster shot that went into the uh, parking lot. As did Blake Rutherford. And um, yeah, I mean, uh, I'd say probably the last week has been kind of rough for all of the affiliates. Um, there was a lot of uh, three hit, two hit games there in the last uh in the last week so there like there was probably a good like two or three days where i tweeted out like four highlights <laughs> you know it was it was pretty rough but uh <laughs> yeah and then also there was a lot of rainouts this week as well down in down in uh north carolina so 
It's kind of one yeah. of those slow weeks. Um, yeah, I was looking something up, and now I forgot. That's what I get for okay. uh, sidetracking myself and uh, doing the ADHD thing. Oh, look at a squirrel, you know. So uh, I for- yeah, I forget about uh, I forget about what I was talking about. But uh, yeah, so um, there's been some uh, good stuff in the last week. Some awful stuff. It's been one of those weeks that's uh, you know really good stuff. And lots of bad stuff. So uh, let's hope things start uh, shaping up here a little bit. Be uh, nice to uh, see some of these uh, guys down in the minors continue to uh, do some things and uh, pick up a little bit and uh, start moving. And uh, it's nice to see the uh, the promotions. You know, hopefully get uh, Dan Victor to get some uh, some new guys to uh, host as well. I know that uh, a bunch of the um, a bunch of the draftees are starting to have. Uh, all right, Ivan, take it easy. Have a great night. Thanks for uh, thanks for popping in. Good night, bud. Um, I know a bunch of the uh, the recent draftees are starting to uh, play games in uh, the ACL. So, mm. yeah. Um, so that's that's good. You know, so we're starting to see those guys start to trickle in. Uh, Colson Montgomery and West Cath have been going off. Um, both of them hitting over 300 uh, with uh, decent uh, OPSs. So that's nice to see. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of waiting. Uh, I'm hoping that they close out the year in Kannapolis, but I'm not banking on it because they're so young. You know? Yeah, so. I mean, we're talking about uh, prep guys. So, you know. Yeah. I, uh, and, I don't expect it. Yeah. Uh, another awesome thing uh Romy Gonzalez hit uh number 19 yesterday uh so been banging he, all year man yeah he's been he's been hitting well so um awesome little uh little factoid spouted by uh Kurt Bloom on the uh broadcast is that uh when Romy hits his 20th assuming that he's with the Barons um he will be the first guy since uh, 2000, when Aaron Rowand was the last guy to go 2020 for the Barons. So if uh, Romy can manage to uh, not get promoted before he hits his 20th, uh, he'll be probably the uh, you know first 2020 guy since Aaron Rowand, which is pretty cool. So yeah. uh, I mean, I'm sure that he'd rather get promoted than go 2020 and in, in, in yeah Barron, you yeah and uh, Beham. But, uh, yeah. you know, it's it's a nice little thing to uh, put a notch on your belt, you know, for that kind of thing. Um, How is he about running into walls and getting bloody noses and stuff? Is he... Well, I mean, they've had him playing shortstop most of the time this year. So, yeah, so. I mean, like, uh, he got drafted uh, as a second baseman out of Miami, and uh, they immediately put him in the outfield. So... I'm not quite entirely sure, like, like where that came from. But uh, then this year he came back and they put him at shortstop. So, I mean, that shows that he's flexible. To me, um, it at least, uh, you know, if he can continue to uh, hit for uh, a decent average, you know, maybe he might possibly be a starting guy. Um, but to me it seems like he's definitely at least uh, like a – 
possible uh, Larry Garcia uh, replacement kind of guy. Um, utility guy that can play everywhere except for catching and uh, catcher and pitcher. And But uh, the difference is that he has substantial power. So that's, uh, that, that would be a nice upgrade in that area. You know, instead of getting two, three homers a year to actually get, you know, like 10, 12 homers a year, which would be nice. So, uh, yeah, I'd say that's uh, probably a decent place to stop. It's getting getting kind of late. I know you got uh, I know you turn into a pumpkin and you got to go uh, go to work early in the morning. Yeah. You know, there's that thing. Yeah. Tomorrow bills, I get to uh, my, the bills uh, don't stop coming. Yeah, no, they do not. Uh, tomorrow I, I get to uh, take my kid to his uh, middle school uh, orientation. So uh, tomorrow we get to go and get his uh, his schedule for sixth grade and um, go get his uh, his locker all sorted out and go find out where his classrooms are at his uh, first year at his new school. So that'll be uh, that'll be interesting. So that should uh, be fun. Yeah. So um, yeah, I can't imagine, um, given our schedules, that we'll probably end up here again before next Monday. But uh, you never know. If uh, something amazing happens, like if they win the win the World Series before uh, next Monday, we'll certainly talk. It can be done. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, um, I think we'll probably call it here for the the evening. Uh, thanks for coming in and taking a listen. Uh, this will become a podcast uh, as soon as we're done here, and you'll be able to find it in all uh, all your podcasty type places. Um, you find it also on uh, WhiteSoxDaily.com. And uh, go ahead and give us a follow on Twitter as well, uh, at Daily White Sox. And, uh, you know, if you are in here and uh, you haven't given us a follow yet, go ahead and give us a follow. And um, thank you for uh, coming into a White Sox Daily Live stream here tonight. And thanks for hopping in the chat, everybody that came in. And, uh For myself and my co-host, Mr. Danny Miller, thank you and have a great night.